Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Morning Moxie Show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today we have Mark Batterson, and he is talking to us about faith, basically, and about chasing the lion. He has a book out that he published a while ago called Chase the Lion, and he's talking about how it's important for us to go after the things that God has called us to go after, to go after the dreams, to not allow fear to dictate our future, to not allow fear to overtake us, but to step forward in the faith that God has given us and chase the lions in our life. Here's Mark. Well, I know that not everybody at all eight of our campuses, not everybody listening to this podcast thinks that they're a dreamer. When you look in the mirror, you don't necessarily see a lion chaser. But I want to push back on that a little bit. I think that you have dreams that you don't even realize are dreams. Um, parents, let me pick on you. You have a dream. In fact, you gave that dream a name when he or she was born. You have a dream. Uh, I just think sometimes we don't frame it in a way that we understand that that's something God put in our hearts. Let me share two ways uh, to discover your dream. There are lots of ways, but here are two. Uh, first, I would say inventory your history. If you just kind of come and listen to a few messages, and in fact, if you just read the book, like that's not gonna get it done. You have to inventory your history. I think your destiny is buried someone, somewhere in your history. You know, it's interesting. I, I spent a couple of days with the life coach a few, year, uh, a few years ago, and, and I've shared a little bit about this. But what was intriguing to me is that kind of those 48 hours, we really didn't talk about the future much at all. And so it almost felt like, when are we gonna get, get to the plan? You know what we spent most of our time doing? Identifying what he called life gates, kind of defining moments in my life. And it took a while to identify those 39 defining moments. Uh, anybody want to guess what one of them was? Uh, watching a movie at five, and we began to connect the dots. And I began to see how some of the dreams and desires that God has put in my heart were buried in my very distant past. You have to inventory your history. Uh, by the way, um, Lieutenant Colonel Ted Anderson, uh, first time he visited D.C., he was 13 years old. His dad was graduating from the FBI Academy down in Quantico. And they come up to D.C. and they visit the Tomb of the Unknowns uh, at Arlington National Cemetery. And Ted said, that's when I knew I wanted to be a soldier. You know, my prayer for you is that during this series or as you read this book, that you would inventory your hit, that you would begin to discover some of those things that God has put in your life for a purpose. What makes you mad or sad or glad? Begin to tap into that and see what God might have for you. Second, I think one of the best ways to discover your dream is to serve someone else's dream. Get around a dreamer. If you feel like, I'm just not sure, I'm not sure what I'm called to do. Um, I would say that there are just gonna be seasons in our lives where our focus needs to be on someone else's dream. And, and if we have the selflessness to serve someone, sometimes that's how our dream becomes reality. And that's exactly what happens for Benaiah. He's serving David's dream. David's a fugitive. His dream is becoming king. And he rallies these 37 men who say, you know what? Your dream is my dream. And so David becomes king of Israel. But what happens 40 years later? Benaiah becomes commander in chief of Israel's army. So by serving David's dream, 
Benaiah's dream becomes reality. So inventory your history. Serve someone else's dream. All right, let me give you two definitions of faith. And then I'm gonna share a story, share a study, and then we're done. First of all, faith is the willingness to look foolish. I can't imagine anything more foolish than chasing a line. But that's faith. Can I just tell you that, whew, I felt foolish walking into the uh, counselor's office at the University of Chicago where they were gracious enough to give me a full ride scholarship and tell them I, I'm not gonna need the scholarship anymore because uh, I'm gonna transfer schools uh, to Central Bible College. And the look on her face was one of like, no one's ever done that before. Um, I felt a little foolish. How do you give up a free education at a wonderful institution? But when God calls you to step out in faith, you better be willing to look foolish. That move set the table for the rest of my life. Um, I felt a little foolish. Lauren, I felt a little foolish, you know, telling our family, we're moving to D.C., uh, but we don't have a place to live, and we don't have a guaranteed salary. Good luck with that. Um, I didn't feel like much of a provider at that point. Didn't feel like much of a leader. But you know what? We stepped out in faith and God provided for us. Why? Because we were willing to look foolish. You know what? Felt a little foolish opening a coffee house. We had no business going into the coffee business. But I'd say that God's blessed a million customers and a million dollars in net profit later, every penny of which we have given to missions. Noah looked foolish building an ark. Sarah looked foolish buying maternity clothes at 90. David looked foolish going into battle with a slingshot. Benaiah looked foolish chasing a lion. Wise men looked foolish following a star. Peter looked foolish getting out of a boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus looked foolish hanging half naked on a cross. But faith is a willingness to look foolish. And the results speak for themselves. Noah was saved from the flood. Sarah gave birth to Abraham. Uh, to, to Isaac. <laughs> that would have been a crazy plot twist. <laughs> Not that God couldn't have done it. <laughs> David defeated Goliath. Uh, Beniah killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. The wise men found the Messiah. Peter walked on water and Jesus was raised from the dead. Faith is a willingness to look foolish. And if you aren't willing to look foolish, you're foolish. And I can tell you right now, I know it. It's the fear of foolishness that is keeping you from that 500 pound dream that God wants you to chase. I can't change majors. I might look foolish. I can't quit my job. I can't seek out counseling. I can't ask her out. I might look foolish. I can't share my faith. I can't pray for a miracle. I can't fill out that application. I can't make that move. I can't make that call. I might look foolish. If you are not willing to look foolish, you're foolish. Come on. Let me get in your business a little bit. You need to take that step of faith. Here's the second definition. Faith is unlearning our fears. You can run away from what you're afraid of, but you're going to be running the rest of your life. At some point, you can't let fear dictate your decisions. 
Now, it's interesting. There are thousands of fears and phobias in the DSM-5. And, uh, but psychologists tell us that we're only born with two fears, the fear of falling, the fear of loud noises, which means uh, every other fear is learned, which means every other fear can be unlearned. Faith is a process of unlearning our fears. First uh, John 4, 18, um, it's kind of this time lapse that pictures it this way. It says, perfect love casts out all fear. As we grow in our revelation of God's love for us, it begins to set us free. Love is not just some sentimental feeling. Love is fearlessness. Because you know that God loves you and it frees you up from all those other fears. Now, I've got to tell you, I've always wrestled with the fear of failure. And when I was 22 and we're trying to plant this church and seminary and it fails, I'm not going to lie, it was embarrassing but it's one of the best things that ever happened to us because what I discovered, well, first of all, is that unless the Lord builds the house, they who labor, labor in vain. But secondly, I learned that the cure for the fear of failure is not success. It's failure in small enough doses that you build up an immunity to it. I needed to fall on my face and discover that God still loved me. God was still there. God still had a plan for my life. He was gonna pick me up, dust me off. Now let's try this again in Washington, D.C., I think for some of us, uh, a little failure would be the best thing that could happen to us. Now, I remember someone once asked me, asked me the question, if you knew you couldn't fail, what dream would you go after? And I appreciate that question, but I think there's a better question. If you knew that you would fail, what dream would you still go after? Because you couldn't live with yourself if you didn't. It's not about winning and losing. It's not about success and failure. It's about obedience. It's about when, when God puts that line in your path, you have the courage to step out in faith and go after it. That was Mark Batterson, and you can find that whole entire talk on YouTube if you search under Run to the Roar, Mark Batterson. You can also find out more information about him at his website, which is Mark Batterson. Dot com, And he is also the pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C., and has many, many books that are really very encouraging and inspiring to chase after the things that God has called you to chase after. So I encourage you to check him out, check his books out, and I will see you again next time. Also, remember to go live your 320 life more than you can imagine. Thank you. God is good. God is good.